I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, I'm introducing you to the Waterman. George Lewis is responsible for wells all over the world. And how does he get money to drill those wells? Well, he's an artist, a painter, as a matter of fact. Well, that's enough hints for now. Let me have him tell you how he does it. So uh, we're also going to talk a bit about playing baseball in the major leagues, living in my birthplace, La Jolla, California, and so much more. So join me, won't you? Happy New Year, happy 2021, and thank you for joining me on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Here we go, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am pleased to introduce you to a brand new friend of mine who goes by the nickname The Waterman or Mr. Waterman. George Lewis is joining me from Sarasota, Florida to talk not only about those 10 questions that I like to uh, talk to every Rotarian about, but to talk about the world of art and how a Rotarian can use his artwork to actually bring clean water uh, to lots of people. And uh, that's all the that's all the hints I'm gonna give. <laughs> Hello, George. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Oh, wonderful! Thank you so much for joining us. And we're gonna get to the art for sure. But let's pop off some of these simple questions so the audience can get to know you better. What's your earliest recollection of Rotary? What's your first recollection of that Rotary wheel of ours? Wow. Well, I really didn't know much about Rotary. I knew it was a service club. I had okay. one, one a different uh, club, not Rotary, in the past. I, I moved when I retired from San Diego. I moved up to a small town in Oregon, Florence, Oregon. Uh, I know Florence, I was, Oregon. It's a beautiful yeah. place. Yeah. And uh, uh, <clears throat> I didn't know anybody. It was a small town. So I joined Rotary in 2002 primarily to meet people. I mean, I wasn't in business or looking to uh, uh, increase my business. I, I really wanted just to meet people, and I did. So, I, I, and I assume those people all the way from Florence, they're still friends to this day? Yeah, most of them, yeah. And so then then I, uh, I, I'll, I'll give you a, a quick background of, my, of who I am. Okay, please. Okay. I'm 86. I, uh, I, I grew up in New Jersey. I went to college in, in, in Staten Island. I, went, I was in the Army for two years. And then I played professional baseball in the Boston Red Sox organization for several years. Wow. And then, and then I became a, uh, a, a stockbroker. And, and then I moved from where I was in New Jersey to San Diego. I retired in 2000. And then, as I said, I joined Rotary in in 2002. I, I became president in 2006, and that year I started doing water projects. And wow. I, did, I did primarily in Guatemala. I, and then I offered the, pro, uh, the grants and the project to other clubs in my district. And then I offered them to other clubs in the United States and Canada, and it was growing like crazy. And then Rotary changed the rules. Uh, if you can remember back, they had this pilot program where only 100 
districts could be partnering with each other, and, and my district didn't get in it, didn't want to get in it. Right. But Guatemala did, so I was out of business. And, and then I, uh, I, uh, I found out about Facebook, started offering the same thing in other countries, and started in India and, and uh, Lebanon and the Philippines, Nigeria, what have you. And um, so since 2006, I've been able to help over 2 million people to get clean drinking water in 34 countries. It's been a very, very rewarding experience. And I only wish that people in Rotary can get the same kind of experience. And then in order to do that, they have to take action, have a purpose, get involved. And I talk about this in, at district conferences and instit, institute meetings. Uh, and um, as a matter of fact, it's just this afternoon I was on a Zoom meeting talking to people in, in France. So it's, wow. it's, it's been fun. It's, 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 it's fun. Well, and very rewarding. I was going to say, to say that that's a lot to work off of for an interview is an understatement. I would be remiss with a uh, daughter in Beverly, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. Uh, when did you play for her beloved Red Sox, and what position did you play? Well, I was a catcher that hurt my knee, ended up playing the outfield. I, I started in 1956. Wow. And I, I uh, So I can can I find a baseball card of yours? I no, I don't think so. I didn't make oh. a Oh, see that <laughs> that. That would be great. <laughs> but my claim to fame was I was Carl Yastrzemski's first roommate when he first joined uh, the Red Sox. Wow. So you were you were you were a guy, a boy in the band as they say that you knew them all. And you, but you didn't get a, you didn't get a top baseball card. Well, that, that hurts me a little bit. Maybe we need to have a famous Rotarian baseball card kind of thing. I, I maybe, maybe yeah. that's how you're going to get your card. So, <laughs> so, well, thank you. I'm, I know my daughter will be pleased to hear. She is a, she is a fan for sure. Um, so you've popped around all over the place and, and ended up by telling me that 2 million people on 34 countries have clean water thanks to you. And like I said, I felt like going, okay, well, thank you all for joining me. There you go. <laughs> what, but let's back up a little bit and say, why water projects? Why, what, it, what got you so devoted to clean water? Was there one particular story that? Yeah, well, was just as I, I was about to become president of my club, a lady from another club, talked to us about installing stoves to the poor Mayan Indians in Guatemala. Yes. She has volunteers. I, I volunteered. It was the first time I've ever done anything like that in my life. I went down to Guatemala. I saw how they lived in a, and, and uh, you know, they were in these little huts with dirt floors and they were cooking on the stones and there was no ventilation. The smoke was, it filled the room up and the kids were dying and all. And we put chimneys in. With, right. With the, and, and that project is still going on to this day. So then I, I, I said, you know, what? I, I want to help these people. And so I said, uh, is there, are there any Rotarians from Guatemala that I could talk to? So they said, oh, and everybody said, well, yeah, Juan Carlos. So Juan Carlos was there. So I said, Juan Carlos, I'm going to be president of my club in a few months. What can I do to help your country? 
He says, wow, George, if you can help us get clean water, that would be fantastic. He says, the kids drinking this water, it's like mud and dying and get diarrhea. Uh, and, and it's just an awful problem in Guatemala. And if you could help us, that would be great. So I said, yeah, I'll help you. I, I mean, I don't know why I said that, but <coughs> my club was an existing. Don't worry about the, don't worry about the how. Just, <laughs> just oh, go okay. for Whatever it. You want. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So I said, I'll do it. So I went back and uh, I, I had all these negative thoughts about why I shouldn't do it because our club had never done anything before like that. We didn't have any money in our budget. And, 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 and it was hard because nobody knew what to do. So I did the first one, it was hard, getting enough money, I got it. Then I did the second one and third one, and from, there, from that point on, we did a lot of them, and I helped put grants together, as I said, in 34 countries. So when you say you, you did a lot of them, are these well, are these water systems? Because we actually talked uh, with two girls, one from Chicago and one in Malawi, that's working on a water project for a school and an entire village, and they're putting in two wells and an entire water system. So is that very similar to what you do as well? I, I, don't, I don't know anything about water and how to provide it. Okay. I, I, I leave that up to the, the, the community we're serving, and we, we deal with, uh, we have a, and, and locally now, we have an NGO, uh, Water Missions, out of South South Carolina, and they do all the work, and they decide what's best for the community. My job uh, at that time was to uh, find a uh, a host club in in the in the co uh, country we're dealing with, and then find an international club outside of the country to uh, to become partners with each other. That, that, that's primarily what I did. I put the two partners together, uh, and then they did they worked on it. I helped. I helped with, uh, you know, paperwork and fundraising and, and, and things like that. But to, to make a long story short, I mean, in different parts of the country or world, they, they need different things. And some have, need wells, some needs in-house filters, some needs uh, different things. I don't really get involved with that. I just make sure it happens. You just make sure it happens. So you're, you're almost like a foreman of the construction site kind of thing that it's yeah, like, in a way. <laughs> okay. So... So water and clean water, have you, you say 34 countries, have they all been out of the United States? Yeah. Okay. There's nothing in the United States. So then how has this helped? One of the questions that we ask people all the time is, um, what does being a Rotarian mean to you? So I would ask, what is doing these water projects mean to you? I mean, what, have, what, is, what has been some of these great lessons from doing this? Well, of course, you know, you, you, know uh, you know that the people that you're serving are poor and they're, they're up against it. They're mm -hmm. dying. And when you, when you supply clean drinking water to them, you're saving their life. You're making their life better, particularly a lot of the women and uh, we'd have to walk miles and miles and miles to the river to get the get a few uh, gallons of water, bring it home. And that's all they do all day long, walk back and forth to the river. And once we supply them with something like a well or something like that, they, they don't have to do that. 
so they can then start earning some money to help their family. Whatever they, whatever it is, the bottom line is you're helping them survive, mm-hmm. and you're helping them to live a better life. What more can you ask for? It's it's a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I would I would say if you're if you're retiring it at 86 it's not exactly a a bad retirement by any means to sit there and help people so then have you had a really inspirational moment that you can think of was there one particular water project that sticks in your in your mind as truly something you're proud of as a rotarian well there's there's not one i mean i don't i don't get really to talk to the people we're serving but i i uh uh I do talk to the clubs that are involved with it. I, I you know, I gave you know, hundreds and hundreds of talks at Rotary clubs, uh, and uh, and at, at district conferences and things like that. So I, I, I get I get the feeling of the people that I talk to that they they feel that uh, you know that I that I've done something special, and in my mind. I feel I have done something special. I, I wake up every morning and say, wow, George, you, you, you've helped people survive. I mean, that's, that's it. I, and and I, I talk to Rotary Clubs, and even now I say, you know, if, if you really want to do something as a Rotarian, then do it. Don't, don't just talk about it and forget about it. The, the, the joy of being a Rotarian is doing things. And Rotary gives us that opportunity and a great majority of Rotarians don't take advantage of it. They go to a meeting, they have a lunch or a dinner, they talk to their buddies, they listen to a program, but they don't get involved. And Why do you think it. that is? I mean, a lot of people put those as, we've talked about it here on the podcast, that there are action groups. And I would think that my particular group is very much an action group, even in the middle of COVID, we're yeah. still doing stuff and giving stuff. And then there's check writing groups is what they've they're okay. Called. And it, do you think, is there one that's better than the other? Is oh. there one that? Oh, you have the doers. You have the you doers. You have the check writing. We need that. Then you have a large percentage of the people that don't do anything. And why is that? Why is that? Yes. I, I, I have a feeling. I say, I think they're in a box. I think they're in a, what I call a conformity box. People in a conformity box, they don't like change. Ah. They, they fear failure, and they don't like to take risks. So they stay in that box, which is that makes them comfortable, and and it's sad because if they can get out of the box and do something meaningful, it's it's an experience that most of these people will never get in their entire life, and it's sad. So do you think, so, and, and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that has driven me crazy. And one of the reasons why I do this podcast is that, I mean, like, for instance, I just got my Rotarian magazine this week and I'm flipping through those pages and it's like, there's a water project over here, or there's food bank work over here, or there's uh, an actually a past podcast guest, Xavier from Chicago, that's talking about social injustice. And there's all these different things. And I'm like, look at all these people doing. And then I go to some clubs right here on this very island. And it's like, well, you know, it's COVID. And we're going to write a check. And it's so disheartening. Like, how can we 
how can we fix that? Or is there a way to fix that? Because I think it may just lower well, our, because it's obviously lowering our numbers. What do you think? I think when they first join the club, uh, you, you got to get them involved. You have to make it a, uh, a mandatory thing that they get involved, that they get, uh, uh, they have to be on two, one or two different committees and they have to, uh, they have to uh, participate. And, and, and then uh, after they've been in, a, in there every once in a while, you come up with a new project and you make them chairman. So it's their project. And if they're not willing to do that, then they're not good Rotarians. You almost want to boot them out of the club. I mean, we don't need people like you. But you don't, people, Rotarians, they don't do that. They just sit there. They, they can sit there for 40 years and do nothing. And so, so you, and then you have to have the people that do things. You have to have them talk to the club and say, "What a what a fantastic experience I just had by by doing this and helping the kids." And I see those smiles on their face. And all. in other words, you have to make them want to do that. And I, I think people have to have a purpose in life and a purpose in Rotary. And if they don't have that. They're, they're just going to stay in that box and not do anything. And, and, so, and un unfortunately, there's always going to be a certain percentage of those people in a club. You can't, you can't help that. Well, and, and I find it fascinating. You used a very strong word. You used mandatory. So do you think, and I've talked to younger Rotarians, and at 86 years old, sir, you're sounding a lot more like the millennials that I've been talking to on this podcast than some of the older people that I've talked to on this podcast. Then you use that word mandatory, that if you are a member of this club, it is mandatory for you to do stuff. Is that word, do you think that is going to scare people? And if it does, do you no. care? I mean, maybe that's trimming the fat, as you said. No, it should be mandatory. It should be mandatory. I mean, listen, they're in a club. It's a service club. And, and, and we expect people to, to participate. We, if, if when they interview them to come into the club, we have to tell them that this is what it is. It's mandatory that you join. You tell them right up front. They don't like it, don't join. But if they join, it's mandatory. And it's life-changing is what you're saying, that it's <laughs> mandatory and you, for instance, can say that in my mandatory practice of making these wells, I've helped 2 million people on 34 different countries. That's not a bad resume to in, excite people, I guess I should say. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so then obviously we've, we've talked about, you know, you've been in Rotary for quite some time now. And one of the questions that we dabble on is how is Rotary different now than when you joined? And is the passion from the last question you talked about because things have changed so much i mean are you i don't know that i don't i don't know they're changed i i if you're a rotarian basically most of the time you stay in one club for the for your all the time i've i've had i've been in two clubs and they've both been been uh fantastic clubs uh i think it's changed a little bit in that is that we get uh, a lot more women, thank God, because they work way harder than men. Uh, I think. I I think uh, I got I got. No worries. Sorry. 
No worries whatsoever. No worries. You're a popular guy. I know. I, I know. I'm keeping you. The other thing is is is, is, is uh, a lot more younger people. And if you get more younger people and more women in the club, the club's going to be the club's going to be better. Yeah. But, but but all clubs have a personality. If you get a chance as a Rotarian, like I did, to talk to hundreds at hundreds of clubs. Mm-hmm. Each one has their own personality. And some of them are just horrible. When you walk in as the speaker, they don't even acknowledge who you are. And they don't go out of their way to do anything. There's not a rotary sign in the whole place where they're meeting. It's terrible. And I don't know how you change that. I mean... Well, and that's a, that's a really good point. And like I said, you, you keep dabbling on so many things. This could be like five or six podcasts because there's one, there's one thing that I've talked, especially with the younger Rotarians that I've talked to on my podcast. And if, and they talk about how RI and especially it's, it's beautiful presence online has all different ages, all different colors, all different, you know, and it's flashy. No, I wouldn't say flashy. It's very sophisticated. It's beautiful. We have movies and you go to, you go to my rotary and there's all kinds of stuff to help you from graphic designs to all kinds of things. Somehow by the time it trickles down to your local neighborhood rotary, all that stuff is not there. Like the trickle down doesn't trickle down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's amazing. <laughs> You're a popular guy today. I, I only have a few more questions. Don't worry. I won't keep you too long, but I really, really want to talk to you about this art. Okay. I think you've dabbled on, on the many questions that Rotary has. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't talk to you about how you're doing some of these water projects today and your artwork. So are you willing to tell us a little bit about the artwork? And is that a piece of art behind you as I speak? Well, when I retired, I had, I had never done any art. So when I retired, I took an adult education course in, in Oregon and it was myself and 25 ladies. And the teacher taught us, taught us how to paint a, a scene. We all painted the same scene. And at the end, I looked at mine. I said, you know, I like that. I, I, I enjoyed do, doing that. Right. So I, I started painting, and I did it for a year or two. And then all of a sudden, I'm walking down the street in, in, uh, in La Jolla, California. And I, there's a big gallery there. And I saw a painting, and it stuck out. I said, oh, my God, that's wonderful painting there. And, but it was very different, very mm-hmm. different. And it was, uh, so I went in and I asked the guy, what is, how come this is so different? He says, well, he does all his painting with, with a palette knife, no brushes. Wow. So wow. it's very thick. I said, so I the paint, like paint must be very thick on it, right? Very thick. So I very said, thick. I, I, okay. So I, I, I went on the, uh, on the internet and I saw, I didn't take any lessons. I just, I just uh, was taking lessons off, off of, the, of the computer. <clears throat> and, and there was hardly anybody, nobody doing it with a power knife. But I started painting with a power knife. And then all of a sudden, after a few years, I just fooled around. And, and I said, uh, you know, I wanna, I, my, my main goal in Rotary was, was fundraising. 
So I said, I'm going to take one of my paintings and I'm going to, I'm going to try to sell it. I went out in the garage. I picked one I like. It was, it was, it was 20 by 16. I had it framed. And I said, I'm going to try to sell this on, on, on Facebook. And I said, I don't know what price. I said, $500. My wife said, you're crazy. You'll never sell it for $500. <laughs> I said, I'm going to put it on. I'm going to sell it for $500. You haven't even lost anything if you haven't sold it, right? Yeah. And, 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 then, and then the person that buys it, I'll take the $500, I'll put it in a water project, and I'll give that person, the buyer, $500 credit towards this Paul Harris fellow. Is this, so it's going to go $500. Is, he's going to get a Paul, uh, $500 towards a Paul Harris fellow, and I'm going to give him 500 recognition points. So when he buys the painting, if anybody does, uh, he'll automatically get a new Paul Harris phone. I put it on the screen. Eight minutes later, I get a, a message from a district governor in Texas says, I'll buy it. I said, holy Moses, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a professional now. So I run out of the garage, I get another painting. And I put that on. And I sold it. And then all of a sudden, I'm selling these paintings like crazy. And all on Facebook. And, and I, I got, uh, and then I offered them to clubs to do raffles with them. And then I offered them to districts so that they can do raffles with them and zone meetings and things like that. And, uh, um, and so the, the districts, the clubs that were, would raise between 500 and $1,000. Districts would raise around $5,000. And, and zone meetings, they, they, you know, I had one where they raised with uh, for polio uh, matching and all $21,000. Wow. So I was doing all this, and then I started saying, well, what am I going to do now? I'm going to do portraits. And I, okay. did about, I did about 150 portraits. And, and, and I didn't like that because the people all wanted to look like uh, Paul Newman and, and uh, Marilyn Monroe. And I said, that I didn't like that. And, 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 and so now I do pets. Everybody yes. loves a pet. Everybody, everybody loves a pet. a pet. And everybody knows a pet or somebody that has a pet, and I do it very simply. It's a 14 by 11 inch, it's oil, it's unframed, and I ship it free for $150. And of the $150, $50 covers my expenses, including shipping, and I take the $100 and I put it into a water project, or I let the club, if it's a club or the Rotarian, I, I let them decide where they want to the money to go as long as it's a, a humanitarian project. But most of it goes goes into water, into water project. And I've you know through I've only been doing it for a few years like this, and like now pets. I, I think I've done almost two hundred pets. Wow! And I I can't keep up with it. I mean it's it's so and it's so much fun. People just love their pets. I mean mostly dogs and. and and cats. I've had a few horses and things. Yeah, like I've that. I've, I've actually got a pet that's sound asleep right here behind yeah. me in the office. I've got two corgis. So, and I, I have my I have my 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 little boy Baxter. I got him right in front of my computer so I could see him every day with his smile and all. It's fun. It's really good. And thirty percent of the pets have passed away, and people just want to remember their pet. It's wonderful. And I do it and then, all day long on Facebook. And so you do that on Facebook, and then all that, well, all but 50 bucks of it goes to these water projects, and that's where some of this $2 million has come from? Or is this artwork? Is that right? No. The, the two, uh, what, you mean two million, 2 million people that I've served? 2 million people. I'm sorry. So then, yeah. so I'm sorry. So my facts are wrong. So 
then how much money do you think you've raised through your artwork? I won't hold you to oh, it. I, maybe if I'm, I would guess maybe a few hundred thousand dollars. Well, then, sir, that makes you a professional artist, wouldn't you say? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to have your first gallery opening? We actually have a couple artists in my, in my group. I'm just wondering, yeah, I, have you ever decided to have a show? No. I always thought, well, yeah, I wonder if they're buying it because I'm giving them a good deal. They're putting money in, in, a, in a project and they're getting credit on a Paul Harris fellow, or they buy it because you know, they really love the work. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe it could be a combination both. Combination. You never know. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I mean, people do have, they do love their pets. Yeah, and my, my paintings now hang in like 21 different countries. Wow. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Please. Uh, I don't want, I, I forget the names, but, but there was a, 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 a rotary director. Now they, they give everybody's given zoom, zoom meetings. That's right. right. That's what we're on okay. right now. So yep. a zoom meeting. And this one had four speakers, the president of rotary, the next president of rotary, the president of the rotary nominee, Jennifer Jones, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. and, and a trustee. They gave, gave, gave four, four uh, speakers. And the person in charge of it was the director of, of the, and, and, uh, and, and she had, I had done this for my district, and she, she got a painting. And she said, I want to give them all a gift. And I want to, and, and would you be willing to do it, give them a, 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 a painting? I said, that would, I, that would, I, this would be fantastic, an honor for me to do this. Sure. All I want is $50 a painting, which covers my expenses. I don't want to lose money. Right. But so, I, and some of them are, you know, in other countries and stuff like that. And so uh, I, I, they write them a letter saying I'm going to be in touch with them. I, I send them a, now I send them an email and I say, I have an art website. And I say to them, go to my website and pick a painting that you like. Or I can do your pet, your cat, or your dog. You, you, it's up to you. And I've gotten a lot of dogs. Oh, I want cat, and then and then they, they pick out what they want. No birds, no gerbils, no. <laughs> no birds yet. No. no birds yet. Okay. <laughs> I, I, did an eagle. I did one eagle. I did one an eagle once. There you go. But that's an example of thinking out of the box. Like I know, when I was president, I got a gift at the end of the year. It was a some kind of a plaque. It might have cost a hundred dollars. I, you know, it was nice. I had it on my desk for about a, a year, and then I threw it away. <laughs> well, you, got ah! you got a painting of your dog. It's going to have be up there the, uh, for the rest of your life. It's 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 just it's just great. It's, and mm -hmm. it's fun. And it's and it obviously from the exuberance in your voice, you like doing it too. What's that? I said you like doing it too. Oh, I do. It's fun. Yeah. So, I, I mean, who knows how many of those other 24 women that were in those classes are doing half the work yeah. that you're doing. And remember, I'm 86 years old. That's so right. If I die, those paintings are going to be worth a lot more money. Hey. <laughs> yeah, just as, but you should, put in the, you should put a caveat to all of them that in the provenance yeah. that if you sell this, you've got to at least put some of the money into Polio yeah. Plus or the yeah. foundation. It goes with the painting. Yeah, but I'm not going to cut off my ear. I'm not going to do that. 
No. Okay. All right. So there is some classic questions that we ask when we do this podcast. And one of them is, of course, about the four-way test. And at, at 86 and with all the adventures that you've had, um, that four-way test is quite, that's like kind of the umbrella to this whole organization. What does that four-way test mean to you? Well, it, 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 all four statements are, are correct and very, very meaningful. And if, if, if everybody, all Rotarians, as a matter of fact, anybody in the world lives by those four rules, it, it would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. So it's very important. A lot of thought went into it. And at most clubs I, I go to, they all recite it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just wonderful. And so is it, is it an active part of your life or is it something that just kind of tucks away in the back of your brain and you always know it's there? And I don't, I don't really, I don't really think about it. I, I think I live the life of what they mm-hmm. want me to do. I think I, I do that. And I, uh, I, I live by those principles. Yeah. Then, and then that also leads us then to service above self. And of course we've just talked about your paintings. So I would say that's definitely service above self, but what is, what does the service above self mean to you? That's a part of Rotary. Same thing we've been talking about. Same thing. Okay. If, if in other words, you're here, you're a Rotarian and you should serve. And if you End don't of serve, you shouldn't that's be it. a Rotarian. Yeah. If you don't want to serve, you shouldn't be a Rotarian. And I mean, I love the passion of that, but I can already, I already know that this podcast, once it comes out there, I can already hear somebody go, oh, but we need to be nice. We need to take care of people. We need to, there may be circumstances beyond their control or what do you say to that? Well, it's, all, it's always going to be people that, that, uh, that want to, can get an excuse for not doing something that they should be doing. It's just, it's just, it's just life. So what you got to do, yeah. you got to eliminate those negatives so that you can work on the positives. And if you, if you, if you can't eliminate the negatives, you're not ever going to accomplish anything. Well, there you go. So just a few more questions left. I've got, I, so I want to know where you think Rotary can go in the future. What can it do? What, what can Rotary do in the future? Where do you think it's going? Rotary? Yeah. Well, I mean, Rotary is the biggest, an oldest service club in, in the world, I believe. They've already accomplished great things with polio. And whatever they decide to be their next project, they'll, they'll do a wonderful job with it. And it's, and it's uh, you know, it's a wonderful place to, to, to meet people now with Facebook. I mean, I have, I, I have the maximum amount of friends on Facebook. They're almost all Rotarians, 5,000 people. I don't know any of them, but some of them have become become very good friends of mine, even though I've never met them. And Rotary gives you that up, the, that opportunity. So Rotary is just a fantastic organization in my mind. So last question. And I thank you so much for, I know you've been busy and we've chopped up this poor interview because the, the, your phone's been ringing off the hook and I do appreciate your time. But let's just imagine that we've gone on an elevator together and I've noticed your rotary pin or your rotary jacket or your rotary whatever. And I say, rotary, I've heard of that. Why would I want to come to a rotary meeting? What would be your elevator pitch? Well, I say rotary gives you the opportunity to serve. 
to make the world and the community a better place. And I don't know of any other organization that does it as well as, as Rotary does. So if you really, if you want to join Rotary, Rotary will give you that opportunity. They'll give you an opportunity to be around wonderful people and to make the world a better place. That's what you want out of life. There's no better place than Rotary. Wow, to be around wonderful people and make the world a better place. I'd join if I hadn't already been a member for 10 or so years. <laughs> George, thank you so much. I know you're, you were, I, you're calling, I'm calling you in, in the warm and sunny Sarasota, Florida, and I'm, I'm cold and wet here. So uh, enjoy a little bit of sunshine for me today. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your artwork. Thank you for your 86 years of adventure. Let me know when your autobiography comes out because it sounds like you've got quite some stories. And one more fun fact, I was born in La Jolla, California, so I know California very oh, well. I lived there for several years, yeah. I lived about a block up. My, my, the little bungalow I was born in was about a block up from the cove. It's now probably oh, a hotel. But... <laughs> In 1966, it was uh, a imagine beautiful little... That, can you imagine what it, it uh, costs now? Well, I, I, you know, I, I tell my parents that this all the time. My, my father and mother, of course, met in San Diego. They were both actors, and they were both in La Jolla. And from La Jolla, after my father was a World War II vet, did that wonderful GI Bill thing that we remember of all those years ago, and bought sold that little bungalow in La Jolla to buy a little house for $22,000 yeah, in so. Bellevue, Washington, that when he sold that for $160,000, thought that he was making a fortune to buy his cute little house here on Woodby Island with my, with my mom. And he did the perfect thing. And now I'm, I'm in one way glad that he's no longer with us because if he knew how much any of those properties yeah. <laughs> was worth, <laughs> you know, from La Jolla to Bellevue. I don't know if he'd ever, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, remember, remember, Glenn, if you, you got a little dog back there. I uh -huh. can, I can immortalize them for you. Oh, <laughs> Monty, do you want to be immortalized? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. After his nap. George, okay. thank you so much for taking the time. And thank you for telling everybody about the water projects. I would love to give some more information about them so we can, we can put a link up to your Facebook page and all that good stuff. All right? Thank you, Gwen. <laughs> all righty. <laughs> Thanks so much, George. And like I said, I will put a link up to George's artwork and his Facebook page on the I'm a Rotarian Facebook page so uh, you can link through and check out some of his artwork. And as far as immortalizing my Corgi Monty, he hasn't done it yet, but um, hmm, I think it's a pretty good idea. All right, then. That wraps it up for this week, our first show of the new year, 2021. I hope everybody had an awesome holiday season. I'm sure it was a little weird. I know in my house, uh, my grandson was on a Zoom call and my daughters were far, far away. But just this year, we can super make up for it next year. 
If you liked this show, please tell a friend. Have them uh, download us anywhere you get your podcasts. And, of course, download and rate us. That makes it so much easier for others to find it. And in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be telling you about our Patreon page. Now, what is a Patreon page? Well, believe it or not, this does cost me a little bit of money to put this on. And if you're liking the podcast, you can go to this Patreon page and you can help me out. Financially, that is. Also, if you know a Rotarian that I should know about, that I should get on the podcast, please let me know. I'm easy to get a hold of. It's RotarianPod at gmail.com. That wraps up our first week for 2021. Until next week, please wear a mask, take care of yourself and the world around you, and we will hear you next week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Have a wonderful week, everybody.
What is truly the mark of a successful club? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I think that's a topic for a future podcast for sure. Okay, then. Thanks again for joining me on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. If you like the podcast, tell a friend. Have them subscribe and download. And if you know Rotarian that I should interview, please, rotarianpod at gmail.com. That's the way you let me know. All right, then. Until next week, take care of yourself and the world around you. Wear a mask. Stay that socially distant. And until next time, thank you for joining me and have a wonderful week.